<laughs> if you guys have your Bibles this morning, please go with me to the book of Luke. And we will begin Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26. And I thought about just reading the Christmas story and let us all go home, but Kristen said that's not enough, so I'll preach a little, just a little. Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and once you find your place, as always, we ask to stand for the reading of God's Holy Scripture. I'll start off this morning by this very first verse we read. I'm going to show you something that God showed me yesterday. And I thought to myself how, how simple-minded I must be to have missed this. But he showed it to me yesterday, so I praise God for the revelation. So if you have a place this morning, please stand this morning for the reading of God's Holy Scriptures. If you've got your place, say amen. Luke 1, 26. Got your place? Say amen. <laughs> the Bible says, and in the sixth month, everybody say the sixth month. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Let's stop there. Here's the revelation that God shared with me yesterday morning. It's, it's just phenomenal. I just, how do we miss this? And so, what is the sixth month of the calendar? Huh? June, correct. So, six plus six is what? December, right? Twelve. So, what do we do then? We have uh, six months, so we need three more to make a baby, right? Nine months. And so, actually, Jesus must have been born in the, the month of March, Think about it. So we have June, July, August, September, October, November, December, and then January, February, March, nine months. Hallelujah. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give Unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there shall be no 
end. Everybody said there's no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, and therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Luke chapter 2. Verse 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made known as Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went from Galilee out to the city of Nazareth and to Judea and to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Everybody say the house of bread. Mm -hmm. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swallowing cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And there in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Come on, say amen. Which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known, made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying Praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Father, in the mighty name of Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Most High God. Father, we thank you this morning for the reading of your holy scriptures. Father, what a wonderful story. 
It's not a fable. It's not a poem, Lord, but it's the truth. Your word is truth, O Lord, and I believe every single word in your Bible, Father. And I thank you for the opportunity, God, to stand before your people on this holy day. And Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you'll bless this service. God, give us ears to hear, give us eyes to see, and give us a mind to understand. Father, you hold the keys. You said, I'll give you the keys of heaven, and what you bound on earth will be bound in heaven, and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, Satan, we bind you by the power of the living God, and at the same time, we release blessings from heaven in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people said, amen, and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord Almighty. I'd like to begin this morning with the title, I'm sorry, did I take your water? I'd like to begin with the title of our sermon this morning, our Christmas message, which is, the Lord has given us a great sign. We got a great sign out front, it don't work, but it's great. But, but it pales in comparison to the sign that God has given. The Lord has given us a great sign. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, Neighbor, God has given us, that means you and I, a great sign from heaven. But it will take faith to believe in this supernatural event today. Can I get an amen? And so with that said, let, let's begin this morning with, with the Bible where it says in Hebrews 11 and 1, we have to talk a moment about faith. The Bible says that, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Can I get an amen? Hebrews 11 and 6, and without faith... It is impossible to please God because, because what? Everybody listen carefully. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Are you seeking the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Now, let's go way to the back of the Old Testament. I'm going to share a little story with you. Because back in the Old Testament, we find a story of an ordinary common man, very much like you and I today. He was very simple. But God used this man to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Midianites. Can someone tell me his name? If you said Gideon, you were absolutely right. His name was Gideon. Now, now Gideon was, was very simple, and when the angel of the Lord came to Gideon to share him this great message, he was like us. He's like, you know, are you really, are you really talking to me? Because th this is Gideon here. This, this is not David. This is not Moses. This is not Elijah. This is the Gideon that, that you know, a very simple and common man. You see, but, but let me remind you of something. The Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through 29. He said, brothers or sisters, think of what you were when you were called. 
Not many of you are wise by human standards. Not many of you are influential. Not many of you are a noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things of this world and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no flesh may boast before him. And so understand that, that even though God, Gideon could only see himself as a nobody, that's not how God saw him at all. God saw him the same way he sees us. He sees us through something called faith. When God looks at you, he looks at you through the eyes of faith, and he calls things that are not as though they were. And so we find the word of the angel came to Gideon, Judges 6 and 12, and the angel of, of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Hallelujah. And so Gideon is, is, is totally blown away at this time. And so he asked the angel like we would. He said, But, but Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in all Manasseh, and I am the least of my family. I feel like I'm the same guy here. And at this point of the conversation, like many of us have done, he asks for a sign. Have you ever asked God for a sign today? Just raise your hands if you have. Hallelujah. Judges 6 and 17 Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. Now, in reality, this is really a good idea to ask God to give you a sign. Because a lot of times what we have to understand is that the enemy that comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, he also comes as an angel of light. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It's not surprising then if his service masquerades as service of righteousness, but their end will be what their actions deserve. In other words, his is coming. And so what's really interesting is that Gideon had no faith in himself, but he had faith in God. Hallelujah. And so he simply asked God for a sign. Now, let's shift gears. Let's go even farther back in history, and we're going to look at another man. This is one of the greatest men of the entire Bible, and I'm not talking about Jesus or the Apostle Paul, but I'm talking about a man named Moses. Moses, too, was a man very simple and common, but he also had no faith in himself, and, and he himself asked God for a sign. And so God, like our story of Gideon, he comes to Moses by the angel of the Lord. You'll see this is a pattern. God always sends his angel because the angel is the messenger of the Lord God Almighty. But this time he comes and he speaks to Moses through this thing called the burning bush. And he speaks to Moses and he tells that God's going to use him to deliver his people out of Egypt who have been in slavery now for 400 years. Are you with me? And, and so Moses begins to question God. He says, but, but what if they don't believe me or listen to me or say that the Lord did not appear to you? 
How many times has God given you a word for somebody and they say, how do I know that God really spoke to you? Well, you're going to have to put faith in. Trust me, God gave me this word today. That's all you have to say. Listen to me now. At this point, God gives him three signs so he could trust him. Number one, he said, what's that in your hand? He said, oh, it's just a shepherd's rod. It's just a staff. And God, at that time, he, he changed that stick into a snake. And Moses, like you and I, he dropped it. It was probably a cobra. But God says, you know, I want you to pick it up by the tail. He's like, yeah, now you're really, you know, asking me to do something beyond. So he grabs the snake, and it becomes a, a, a stick once again in his hand. But God didn't stop there, but God said, put your hand inside your cloak. And he took his, his hand and he put it inside his cloak. And when God said, remove it, he pulled it out and it was leprous white, covered in leprosy. And now Moses is like, oh, Lord, I'm going to die because here I have a plague on my hand. But God says, put it back into your cloak. He pulled it in. He received it out. And once again, his hand was completely restored. And God said, not only that, but I will turn water into blood. So God gives Gideon a great sign. He gives Moses three great signs. But you see, even as great as Moses was, my friends, he spoke of one day that would come. He spoke of a day that God will give a sign to the entire world. Deuteronomy 18 and 15. The Bible said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your own brothers. You must listen to him. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you must listen to him. Now understand that, that he said he'll be a prophet like me. Now, and the reason he said this is because, first of all, you got to understand that, that not only was Jesus the son of God, but Jesus, like Moses, was also the son of man. Why is that important? You say, well, the Bible tells us in 2.14 of Hebrews. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break, listen, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. Are you with me this morning, Christmas morning? Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Now you guys are going to help me out this morning. Don't make me get Christmassy by myself. Thank you. Hebrews 3, 5, and 6. Moses was afraid as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. Verse 6, but Christ. Everybody say, but Christ. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house. The Bible said, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is the new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And all this is from God who has reconciled us to himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. God came down to the earth as a child, as a babe, grew up as a man. Come on. In other words, he understands life. He's not just... Saying, I, I understand from afar, but he has went through. The Bible said he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. And so understand that the, the sign was given to Gideon. 
The sign was given to Moses, but today in our story, we find that once again, the angel of the Lord, he comes down and he shares a message of deliverance. This time, not Gideon. This time, not Moses, but this time to the shepherds in the field. Understand that God didn't send his message to the kings of the world. He didn't send his message to the governors or the the great men of this world. He he didn't send it to, to anybody, the religious leaders, the Pharisees or the Sadducees. No. But he chose the lowly things of this world. In other words, the lowest men of that time were considered to be the shepherds. Everybody looked down on the shepherds. If you were shepherds, everybody considered you white trash. Can I get an amen? And so let me take a drink. That that drummer boy just about killed me. And I thank Buddy for that. I hope you enjoy. (laughs) But understand, our Bible tells us in John 10 and 10, the thief, he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but Christ. He has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. So understand that that God, in all his grace, he's given us a sign today. And that sign is telling us that we are going to be delivered and we are delivered. You see, we have some enemies on this world. One of them is called sin. Can I get an amen? And sin brings forth death. We have power over death, hell, sin, and the grave. And not only that, but we have power over the enemy who comes only to what? To stealing and destroy. But Christ has come. Did you hear me? I said the Christ has come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. The Bible says in Luke 2, 10 through 12, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, behold, I bring good tidings, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day in the city of David is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. Can I get an amen? Now, this is a strange story, but it's true. And I wasn't sure if I was going to share it, but now I got to think about it. I'm glad I did, or going to. But several years ago, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was about 10 years ago, some reason, this group of people, I don't know if it was a small group, big group, but there was a group of people who went all across the Metroplex, and they had one go. They said, you know what? We're going to steal Jesus out of all the nativity scenes. So everywhere you went, you see the nativity scene, you see Joseph, Mary, you see the camels, the cows, you see the wise men, you see everything, but the baby's been stolen. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, that's a great sign. (laughs) Because, you see, Joseph couldn't save you. Mary couldn't save you. The the, the goats or the camels couldn't save you. Come on, amen. You You could sacrifice the entire flock, and it wouldn't save you. But you see, even the devil knows exactly about the sign because his goal is to take the sign out of your life. Because if I can take Jesus out of your life, you have no hope for no Savior today. And so his goal came to steal, kill, and destroy. He came to take all that we have to trust in. 
And so, yeah, as simple as, as a nativity scene is, it doesn't mean anything to the world, but when we see it, when you and I see it, we, we see more than just a babe born in Bethlehem. But we see that God in all his grace would come down to mankind and he would save us from our sins. Last year I shared with my grandbaby the Christmas story. And this year I tested him a little bit. said, do you remember that, the nativity scene up here, what it's all about? No, Paul, I don't remember. And so I had the opportunity once again to sit him and little Evie this year on my lap, and, we, and I told them the Christmas story. In other words, I'm just trying to plant seeds into their little hearts because seeds doesn't stay small very long. Can I get an amen? In other words, the world is not going to tell your children about Jesus Christ. They're going to tell your world all about Santa and the elves and the reindeers. They, you know, they got that down, but they will not share with you the true meaning of Christmas. Some people don't celebrate Christmas, but we do at my house. That's your choice. We celebrate it because we know a Savior has been born. We celebrate it. We give gifts to one another. We know the wise men came like two years later. To the city of Bethlehem after Jesus was already two years old, but they brought gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Hallelujah. They brought gifts. So we, we give gifts to show our love. The kings came for a purpose to, to show, Dad, I don't have much money to give this year, but, but I want to give something out of my love. Are you with me this morning? So the devil knew exactly what to steal out of the stable. You see, the Bible tells us in James 2 and 19, the Bible says, you believe that there's one God good, even the demons believe that and shudder. Now, this is a fact, and this is sad. Do you realize there's more people today that believe less than the devil? The devil believes in God and Christ more than most people in our world today. But he ain't saved. He lost his opportunity, didn't he? Hallelujah. But we see in the Bible, it tells us there was no room for them in the end. My prayer yesterday was, was strange. I prayed, I basically told God the Christmas story. And I got through thinking, what was I thinking? Like he doesn't know it. But, but I was just so caught up in the prayer with God that I said, you know, God, I, I can see Joseph. I, I can see Mary. I, I can see she's, she's about to give birth to this child, and I see him coming into town on donkey, and I can see him going to house to house. And I'm sorry that we have no room. Go to so-and-so, and they go to the neighbor in the next house. And finally, they come to a man. He's like, you know, I don't have any rooms left, but, you know, there is a stable behind my house. It, it, it's, it's got a few animal, animals in and it's, it. It's clean, though, but you can, you can have your child there if you would like. But it was perfect. It was perfect. Because God didn't come to be born in, in, in a castle. He came as lowly, as humble as he could. You know Why? Because he wanted us to be able to relate to him. 
In other words, when we get down and out, when we get down to nothing, I can't even hardly pay my bills at this time in life. Bills are coming from the north, south, east. God said, listen, I understand. I came as a child in Bethlehem, born with nothing. But we know that God is who? Jehovah Jireh. Two years later, here comes the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Are you with me so far? So our Bible tells us that God does not leave us without a sign. And so we rewind from the New Testament 700 years back to a man named Isaiah. And the words of Isaiah tells us in 714, are you enjoying this this morning? The Bible says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. God with me. I take it personal. I, I look at the story as though God would do that just for me. Because he is such a loving, merciful, caring God that he would do it just for Alice. Nobody else is going to believe me, but you know what? I'll come on down and, and I will save Alice. He's that personal. He loves us that much. But our Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. Are you with me this morning? So I want to give you five. Do I have time to finish this? I want to give you five specific facts that says to you personally, here's your sign. You want a sign from God? That's what Skip said he wants to put on our first message. You want your sign? Here's your sign. Come on, amen. Our first sign is that the message didn't come from man. It came from God himself. We know the Bible says that all scriptures is God, God breathed. We know that. But 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, it says this. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy came about by the, own, by the prophet's own interpretation, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So your first sign today is that God's word is directly to you and it's from him. Number two, the Savior of the world would be born in a very specific town. He wasn't born in Hawaii. He wasn't born in Japan. He was born in a little town called Bethlehem. Write down Micah 5 and 2. Micah 5 and 2 says, But you, O Bethlehem, though you're small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, one whose origin is from of old, from ancient times. In other words, Jesus... His life did not begin in Bethlehem, are you with me? But his life began eternity past because he's God himself manifested in the flesh. Number three, your sign is this. It would be a virgin who would conceive the word of God in her womb. I was looking in the book of Genesis 
And and think I'll just turn there right fast. You give me just a second. Got my Christmas card. Thank you. It's nice. Let me find this verse for you. Go to Genesis chapter 1, I believe. I know this is unusual. I usually have it all down, but I just think I ought to share this. Genesis 1, verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. The earth was empty. Everybody say the earth was empty. Y'all remember Genesis 2 and 7, and the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the earth and breathed into her nostrils the breath of life. Okay, right here it says, the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I don't know what it is. There's something about God moving over something. When the power of God overshadows your life, what I'm saying is that you may not see it. You may not see it right now, but, but when God has favor on your life, And you may be going through hell right now, but I can promise you when God begins to hover over your life, listen to this. She she was a virgin. She had never been with a man. It's an impossible situation for her to conceive a child. But what you got to understand, the Bible says, and in the sixth month, the angel was sent to God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The word of God came upon her in the power hovering over her, overshadowing her. And the anointing of his word is so so powerful, so anointing, and by faith in the word, she conceived in her womb. Some of you right now looking for healing. Understand that the power of the living God is hovering over your life, even in this room, and by faith. Reach into that unseen. Fix your eyes on the unseen things of God and trust God, and I can promise you, He has the power to deliver you, to heal you, to set you free. Because He came to deliver us. Are you with me? Number four, the virgin would give birth to a, everybody say, to a son. Now, we live in a world today where this would be offensive. How you know he wasn't what it, listen. He was a son. A man. A man-child it was. He would grow. But he was a boy. An infant child. He, he wasn't strange. He wasn't. He knew what he was. It didn't take long for him to figure out that I'm a man. Come on, amen. I don't know why our world is so confused about that, but, but he had to be a son. It couldn't be a woman to save the world. It had to be the son of God. Are you with me? See, the Bible says in Psalms 2 and 12, it says, kiss his son. What does that mean? It means kiss him. Love him. You know, in that day, they would all kiss, a holy kiss. You walk into the church, you'd be greeted. If I went to kissing y'all, it'd get freaky in here. But back then, there was a holy kiss. They would hug you and they would kiss. 
the cheek out of love. He says, kiss my son. Kiss his son or he will be angry and your way will lead to your destruction. In other words, you reject Jesus. You don't kiss my son, you will kiss death. Oh, hallelujah. For his wrath can flare up in the moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. And number five, he shall be called Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Everybody say Mighty God. Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Second Chronicles chapter 13, verse 12, the first part, the A part, says God is with us. He is our leader. Exodus 33 and 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Colossians 1, 15 and 16, we know this. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. You, me, was created for God. Why did he create me? So you could worship him in spirit and in truth. Can I just say something that's going to mess with your head? Do you know that only God can save you from God? Only God can save you from God. There's nothing else to save us from him. Because I can promise you, if you reject his gift to, to the world, his son, you reject it, you will face God. And so it took God to save me from him. And I'm so glad that he came down to save me because, honestly, I know my weaknesses. I know some of y'all's weaknesses. If you're breathing today, I know your weaknesses. Because we all have sinned and we all have fallen short to his glory. I close with this. See, what we have to understand that God gave a sign. Hallelujah. And I can promise you, he's not going to give us no more signs. He gave us a sign. We're waiting on lights. We're waiting on something called a modem. Now, that, that means a lot to y'all, but when Brian says, we're waiting on the modem, I'm like, modem. I'm, I, nothing registers. I, I don't even know what that means. I know it has to do something with sending a signal. That's all I know. But, but when I think of modem, I'm thinking, I got the modem, the Holy Ghost. He sends me a signal every time I need one, you see. I, I don't need a sign in the stars. I don't need a sign, no, but because I got Jesus. He was my sign. 
Hallelujah. And so the Pharisees, they, they wanted to sign Matthew 12, 38 through 40. Then some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law said to Jesus, Teacher, we want to see a miraculous sign from you. He said, I'm just going to paraphrase it. He said, there ain't going to be no sign, son. The only sign you're going to get is the sign of Jonah. They're like, Jonah? Yeah, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the well or the great fish, so would the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. That's your sign. Let's talk about Jonah for just a second. The Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And from inside the fish, he prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and listened. And from the depths of the grave, I called for help. And he heard my cry. Because those who clean the worthless idols, they forfeit the grace that could be theirs. And so the Lord commanded the fish to vomit Jonah onto dry land. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I gave you. And when the Lord God saw what they had done, how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring the destruction that was threatened against them. God sent his son. Are you writing it down? The son of God lived on this earth 33 years, never sinned. They crucified him on a cross. They buried him in the heart of the earth. And for three days and three nights, he was dead. His body. <laughs> That's another sermon. But on the third day, according to scriptures, he rose from the dead. And he had in his hands the keys of death Hell in the grave. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And what you bound on earth will be bound in heaven. And what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He came to set us free. And when the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. We got a sign. And the sign of God is living right inside of your heart. Some people, they, they want Jesus in their life. I'm, I'm just going to put him on a little stool and set him in the corner. Don't, don't interrupt my life. Because I got partying to do. I got all this stuff I need to do. Just, just, I just need a Savior to get me out of hell. No. Jesus wants to be the Lord and the Savior of your life. He wants to rule this little thing called your body. Paul said, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive in God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. And so what do we do? Christmas comes every year, and what do we do? We honor Him the best way we know how. And sometimes you may say, oh, Christmas is on Sunday. Perfect. When Christmas, Kristen tells me, Every so often Christmas is on Sunday. I'm like, yes. It's the best time of the year. I had a life, y'all stand with me. I had a very difficult life as a child. We were very, very poor. Dirt poor. But but listen. 
mom somehow, somehow made Christmas special. No, we, we didn't get everything that we wanted. Because I know y'all had the Sears catalog and you had everything circled. Some of y'all, <laughs> some of y'all who's old enough to understand what a Sears catalog was. But, but we circled what we wanted. Highlighter if you had one. But, but sometimes you didn't get, but, but it always seemed that when Christmas morning came, the gifts really didn't matter, did they? Because you begin to look around, there's paper everywhere, the house is a wreck, and then you see your family begin to gather around the table for breakfast, and, and, and it's at that time you say, this is Christmas. We're celebrating life because we had a king who was willing to come and save us. So we don't have to sit around and worry about our sin, death, hell, or the grave. We can enjoy Christmas because we have a king who loves us unconditionally. Yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let's all close your eyes. The Bible says, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. If you have Jesus in your life today, you are the richest man or woman in the world. But let me just say this. If you do not have Jesus Christ today in your life, you may have money in the bank, but you are walking in poverty. Because without Jesus, the King of kings, I can promise you, you will have to face an eternal judgment in a place called hell. And so that's my job right now to say, listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ, I don't care if you've been baptized or you got a membership of a church. That's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you according to John chapter 3, verse 3. I tell you the truth. Unless a man is born again, he will not see the kingdom of God. Have you been born again today? Don't you dare leave this church unsaved. Because after you leave this church, I can't reach you. I feel right now in my spirit that some of us need prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm just going to ask you right now just to receive this because I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, your word says choose life, not death. Speak blessings, not... What's the other word? Lord, I speak life right now. In the name of Jesus over your people. I rebuke curses, destruction, sickness, and death. We rebuke it in the mighty name of Christ. But right now in the name of Christ, we speak life over these lives. I call down blessings from heaven. Bless them from the north, south, east, and west. I was so thankful this morning to see that Denise, she got a new ring, said waited 30-something years for an upgrade. You know, that's a blessing when God can bless you to upgrade your wife. I bought a purse for Christmas. Hallelujah. Yeah, because she wanted it. I would give my life for my wife. And she would do the same.
But I've already given my life to Jesus. What about you? Do you know him personally? Father, I pray blessings over your children. Now go with them. Bless their finances in the name of Christ. Lord, right now the devil's trying to hold their finances down. Right now I see raises coming from the north, south, east, west. I see blessings coming, Lord. Send forth your word. Heal and deliver your people, Lord. And we praise you for it right now. Go with us and we, we say Merry Christmas, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. And God's people said amen and amen. You guys have a blessed week.